Season 1, Episode 5 of Everything Sucks. What the hell is a Jargenda? Brought to you by Immaculate Max Skin Cream. Welcome back to your unofficial Everything Sucks podcast, a division of the pop podcasting empire. I'm Ken Mills, one of your hosts here today, and as usual, I am joined by... Julia! The wonderful and talented Julia. Thanks. Julia, it is so good to be here as we discuss Season 1, Episode 5 of Everything Sucks. Yes. What the hell is our agenda? <laughs> Brought to you by Immaculate Max Skin Cream. Yes. Well, here we are, and I guess it's time to get underway. Exciting episode. Lots of stuff to talk about. Scene one. Kate and Luke are in the library as Luke holds up a sex education book with a medical diagram of the male reproductive system. Yes. And Luke says, are you sure this doesn't do anything for you? Kate says, oh my god, I'm so turned on. (laughs) That's really funny to hear from you. (laughs) Just a hint to to anyone who thinks that anyone can get excited by looking at a medical diagram of anything. That is not the case. Yeah. Really (laughs) bolloed that one, Luke. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And then the next book he holds up is Teen Health, Course 1. Yeah. Luke is continuing to search through the library to find out if Kate is a lesbian or not. This is necessary. You said you were a lesbian. Shh. What are you trying to do? Ruin me? Luke says he's just trying to figure it all out. Mm-hmm. Which, if anyone's trying to, Kate is as well, right? Mm-hmm. Definitely. Kate says, when I said I might be a... Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and Luke says, why do you think that? And she just goes, I don't know, it's complicated. Uh, Kate says, I don't see how you can help me with this. He asks if she dates girls. She says, no, I don't date anyone. You were the only person I ever kissed. And of course, Luke just says, cool. And he does that little small half smile to himself. So am I a girl? Luke asks. Kate says, this is stupid. Luke says... (laughs) <laughs> kiss other <laughs> and since I am not a <laughs> he asked Kate if she hated the kiss Kate says no I didn't hate it Luke says see we are making progress already Luke grabs another book entitled Human Sexuality The Answers yes and he sees that there is a test within said book the scene shifts and we see them sitting in the library stacks Yep. Luke starts asking her the questions to the sex quiz. Yeah. Question one. Have you ever fantasized about sexual conduct with a member of the same sex? Kate says. Yes. The second question. Have you ever fantasized about sexual contact with a member of the opposite sex? Don't think. Just answer. Kate says, I mean, I guess so. Luke gets excited by this and says, subject responds in the affirmative. He then asks question three. Would you be happy dying without having experimented sexually with both men? At which point Kate says, Wait, what? Dying? What? (laughs) Luke says, we can skip that one. Then he goes to question four. Are you aroused by pornography featuring members of the same sex? Kate says, How should I know? I've never watched a porno. Really? Not even on Cinemax? (laughs) We don't even have cable. That sucks. Question five. He asked if the gender composition of an orgy is the most important factor in Kate's decision to participate. She said that she would not participate, so she picks false, I guess. Luke tabulates the score, and according to the book, Luke diagnoses Kate with, well, you are a homosexual with heterosexual tendencies. (laughs) Luke says, wait a second, that's what I am. I'm your heterosexual tendency. Yeah. (laughs) At which point Kate goes, no, that can't be right. I didn't even answer two of the questions. Luke tells her that either way you're better off with me. 
Kate says, what's that supposed to mean? Luke says, well, you don't want people thinking that you're a hmm And if you're with me, they won't. Besides, it's not like I'm going to fall in love with you or anything. Even if I did, I would give you a signal. Like a code word. And at this point, Luke spies the book. The Big Book of Slugs. Yeah. I'm going to look for that on Amazon later today. See if it's real. And now we get the famous words, banana slug. So, after seeing the big book of slugs, Luke says, mm, a code word uh, like banana slug. Banana slug! And Kate says, Banana slug? Yeah, if I find myself falling in love with you, I'll yell banana slug, and you can head for the hills. But don't worry, everything's going to work out great, as the Everything Sucks logo prints on the screen. Mm-hmm. One of the great strengths that Luke has is that he can ignore anything he doesn't want to fit into his narrative, right? Yeah. Like, for example, he dismisses Tyler anytime he complains about anything or talks about a certain need or why he can't do something. And he just steps over things. Mm -hmm. And Luke's dream is, is that he and Kate are going to be happy ever after. Of course. Yeah. So he's basically ignoring anything other than a heterosexual tendency, right? Yeah. So what do you think of that? I, you're definitely right. He does have a tendency to ignore anything that doesn't fit into his narrative. I don't know if that's necessarily a strength, though. If it means that he's ignoring something very real that's going on with someone very dear to him. Right. Well, when I say a strength, I mean it from the sense of sometimes you take people's negativity and you have to, like, put that on a shelf to get things done. And then afterwards, everything's okay. And I think that's how Luke's looking at it, right? Like, he's going, Luke is, this this is something Luke's trying to solve. Yeah. And you can't solve another person's life. You can't solve another person's sexuality. And I think that that's one of the sad things about people when they quote-unquote fall into love instead of walking into love. They say that this person is everything I want, but they don't even know the person. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I can relate to that heavily. Yeah, so walk into love. Don't fall, right? Yes, <laughs> and don't run. Yeah, don't run either. Scene two. The Boring News team is on the air, and Scott Pocket is discussing the Big Bang Theory inappropriately with Jessica Betts, who says, Reminder, auditions for Boring High's first ever movie, a sci-fi love story directed by Luke O'Neill, and there are going to be auditions in the AV room. Scott Pocket says, Are you going to audition? And she says, Yes. And he says, Then so shall I. And she just looks away like, what is he even doing? (laughs) Scott's a trip. At which point, the scene shifts, and now we see Luke and Kate walking down the main hallway of the school. Luke is carrying her bags as they pass by McQuaid, who says, Yoko. (laughs) McQuaid's not happy. McQuaid's not happy. And then, of course, Luke is like, can I walk you to class? And Kate's just like, "It's, it's right across the hall. What are you doing? Mm-hmm. And he just goes, oh, nice, convenient. Yeah. His dawdling over her is really bothering her. Yeah. Here's another dating tip from Ken and Julia. Let things happen naturally. Definitely. Don't don't force yourself on the other person, even on the little things. Right. And this is something that Luke is really doing here. And I'm not sure he's aware of it, because I think he's like... I don't think he is. I think in his mind he thinks that what he's doing are acts of care and affection. Mm -hmm. But the other person has to be ready for it. It's kind of like having a garden, you know. Right. At which point, Ken Messner, the principal, shows up and sees the two of them standing by their locker. How's the cutest couple of boring high? (laughs) Dad! Kate mentions that they should be getting to class. And Ken says, wait a second, this is important. And that he would like to get to know Kate's first boyfriend a little bit better. Now, if I was Luke, that sentence would have freaked me out. Like, wait, first boyfriend? Don't you mean only boyfriend? You know, right. I'm surprised he didn't get a reep, reep, reep alert in his head. 
Well, maybe he did, and yeah. he just didn't show it. Mm-hmm. Ken asks if Luke would like to come over for dinner on Friday. Luke says, perfect, since his mom is out of town. And Ken Messner slips up and says, I know. <laughs> and then he makes a face like, oops. Yep. I mean, I don't know that. <laughs> How would I know that? Friday it is. Shall we say seven? Three, two, one. Seven. seven. Aww. And now we flash to the crowd of people waiting to audition for the film. Scene three. We see nervous folks outside of the AV room. Carter John is doing a magic act. Yes, he is. Shout out. As Luke and McQuaid are sitting at the table and ready to begin auditioning people, Oliver comes into the room, shoves his way onto the seats, and plomps his booted feet up on the desk as he enjoys his raspberry blow pop while wearing sunglasses and his trademark trench coat. Luke asks him what he is doing. He says, I don't audition, and neither does Emmeline. So he's still looking out for Emmeline. He, he hasn't totally written her off at this point. Mm-hmm. Plus, he also knows she's probably the, the best other actor in the town, right? I mean, the yeah. two of them do have a history together. Definitely. Luke says, how can I cast you if you don't audition? Oliver asks, which part has the most lines? And Luke says... Blorigan's Argenda. Great. Bring him in, McQuaid. All of a sudden, he's totally in charge. With just one swipe of his uh, boot, he took over the whole proceedings. Our first two auditions are Jessica Betts and Cedric. Yes. And I love that you see McQuaid do this really cool hand motion, like, here they are. Yeah. Then we see a humorous montage of Boring's Finest do their best monologues. I love Scott Pocket in the full Braveheart mode. Yes, me too. You've got one person doing the uh, speech from Pulp Fiction. Carter John doing his magic trick in which he's pouring milk inside a rolled-up newspaper. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, something tells me that would be a mess by the time it was over. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then finally Tyler comes up and is ready to audition. Yeah. Luke is going to dismiss him because he says they kind of need to see a scene because he doesn't have a monologue. Oliver says, says who? Go ahead, Ace. Wow us. And then Tyler says, I memorized a commercial. Mm-hmm. And Oliver's really looking out for Tyler here. He's actually enjoying Tyler, and they have that whole Ace Ventura thing between them, the uh, love of Jim Carrey. And I just, I love their friendship. I think Tyler and Oliver's friendship is one of the most wholesome and purest on the whole show. Mm-hmm. It's one of my favorites. And it's something that, like, from the beginning of the show, it seems kind of, like, it seems really unlikely, but it works. I thought about this myself, and I was wondering why Oliver's kind of taken Tyler under his wing. That's that's a good question. And I think that he sees something of himself in Tyler. I agree. Yes. So Tyler has memorized a skin cream commercial... And he nails it, I think. I think he does a great job. I think he does fantastic. But he walks away feeling dejected, and he feels that he's bombed. Yeah. Scene four. We see Ken Messner in his office. He sighs and looks at the phone and pulls out Sherry O'Neill's telephone number. And he calls. The answering machine picks up, and he smiles. He then calls the answering machine back just to hear her voice. Yeah. I love this. I love them. They're my favorite. Me too. Scene 5. The movie cast list is hanging in the school hallway on the bulletin board. As the kids gather around, Tyler squeals and says, I'm alien number two! Emmeline shoves her way through <laughs> and exclaims the episode's title, What the hell's is our agenda? <laughs> At which point Luke corrects her pronunciation. Yes. Luke says that it's a great part, and it is the female lead. Yes. Emmeline wants to know, oh yeah? Well, what does she wear? Luke says, well, his girlfriend Kate is in charge of the costumes. Emmeline says... <laughs> Miss Baggy Jeans and T-shirt? No, no, I don't think so. Emmeline then 
makes a beeline to Kate's locker, where Kate learns that she is now in charge of the wardrobe for the movie. Emmeline explains that she is not interested in Kate dressing her like a dork. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, she's initially gobsmacked just because even she didn't know that she was going to be in charge of the costume, so that mm-hmm. kind of got sprung on her at last minute. And Emmeline leans by the locker and says, Okay, what are you doing right now? Scene six, the thrift shop, where all the trendy people in boring Oregon shop. Yes. We are at the thrift shop, and Emmeline is saying that the aliens can go to a disco nightclub as we see Kate's arms bulging full of clothes for Emmeline. She's just standing there with a pile in her arms. I'm surprised she can hold it all up. Yes. Kate says maybe we need to see what is in the actual script first. Emmeline pulls this gold sheer dress over her clothes, and she says she's going to try it on and adds it to the pile, further burying Kate. Yeah. Emmeline says, so now that you have a boyfriend, I assume a new wardrobe is on the agenda. Kate says, why? Think of it like this. Last week you were just Principal Messner's kid, completely undateable. But now that you are with Luke, I bet all the guys are like, maybe I can hit that. Maybe I should. Yeah. Kate looks around, not quite sure what to say. Mm-hmm. Emmeline drops another dress on the pile, walks to the curtain, opens the curtain to the fitting room, and turns around and says, Are you coming in? Yep. Kate asks, So how should I dress? As Emmeline disrobes. Yep. And she says, Speaking for myself, the goal is boners. <laughs> yes. Your appearance tells the world who you are and what you want. She then says, if I can make a guy hard just by looking at me, I win. Which, I mentioned a few episodes ago that there was a particular line in one of the episodes of Everything Sucks that connects back to a later scene. Yes. And this is the scene. Ah. This is the scene. Emmeline is talking about how she is, her entire world is about vying for a guy's attention. Uh Uh-huh. So... Kate is taken aback by Emmeline's theory on boners equal power. And she says, well, maybe I don't need guys getting boners about me just to be happy, which I love. Yeah. It's kind of sad that Emmeline thinks that way. Do you really think she thinks that way at this point? Or do you think it's just hyperbole? It could be hyperbole. It could be that she thinks she's trying to justify it and rationalize it by saying that's power because she thinks I think it's because she thinks that's the only way she's going to get attention Mm -hmm. which is sad yeah and so she's trying to say well that's power as a way to like rationalize it and you know justify it and sort of I don't know I guess like reappropriate it in a sense Mm -hmm. yeah see I look at Emmeline as being incredibly shallow just like I look at Oliver as someone who's hiding a lot of hurt. See, for me, I think that Emmeline and Oliver are both hiding a mm-hmm. lot of hurt. Yes. And I don't I don't think em, I don't think Emmeline is nearly as shallow as she appears to be. I think that's all a front. Do you think she's coming from a place of fear? Yeah. Me too. I think so. I don't think she's shallow in the slightest. I think she presents herself that way because she thinks that people will like her that way. Mm. I think it's more a defensive mechanism. Like, she, she's constantly putting people on their backs, you know what I mean? Always, like, she, she blows everyone away, just knocks them dead. She's so over the top with things that it's, it's hard to, well, kind of like what Oliver said, you can't even have a normal human conversation. She's crying out for hell, but at the right. same time, she doesn't want to get hurt. Yeah. I'd like to see this explored if there was more of a second season. Hashtag renew everything sucks. Netflix, are you listening? Hashtag get it together, Netflix. (laughs) As Emmeline is trying on the dress, she says that she hates having big breasts and that everything just falls off of her. And so then she gives it to Kate to try on. Uh Yeah, she, she says to Kate, you have little breasts and it will look good on you. Kate says, thanks. (laughs) and she says something along the lines of you're so skinny and tall i hate it yeah and that she meant it as a compliment Mm -hmm. kate 
unsure, starts to disrobe to try the dress on, and Emmeline says, come on. Emmeline slips the dress over Kate, and she says, something is missing. Yeah. I got it. As Kate checks herself out in the mirror, Emmeline runs out of the dressing room in her underwear to grab some jewelry to bring back into the dressing room. She puts the necklace on her neck uh-huh. and says, see, you look great. And then Kate's like, no, I don't. And she goes, yeah, you do. I'd bone you. <laughs> yeah, she actually says you look hot. Yep. See, you look hot. No, I don't. Yeah, you do. Yes, you do. I'd bone you. At which point Kate laughs. Yeah. Later on, we're going to discuss this scene, but we can't right now because we can't give away what happens in the series. But I want you to remember that we were putting a place card here. So we shift to scene seven, Luke's bedroom, as Luke is putting in a videotape of his father, who is discussing Luke's mom, Sherry O'Neill. Fun fact, my family has that exact VCR video editor player thing in our basement right now. Wow, you better get it up there and keep it, you know, put it in your library of cool stuff to not get moldy. Yep. Can we just put in a little aside here that these tapes play such an important significance because it seems like whatever's going on in the tape or whatever subject the tape is about, that's kind of being mirrored in Luke's life? Oh, absolutely. And it also reminds me, I don't know if you're a big Superman fan or not. I don't know if you ever saw the original Superman movies. I did not, but I did watch Smallville. Okay, well, there was always some sort of mythos that Superman's father could, like, leave what the equivalent of videotape messages would be for him. Mm-hmm. So it was similar in in this respect, where he was able to get the knowledge of his father through these magic crystals, right? Yeah. Luke's father, on the video, is offering up some relationship advice. And he says that it is important to find the weird that goes with your weird. The cheese for your cherry. Mm -hmm. And he discusses how much fun they had at the movies. Yes. As Luke is ironing his pants. And he talks about how he took uh, Luke's mom, Cherry, to Blazing Saddles. Mm -hmm. And she spilled all all the uh, food and drink on the floor. (laughs) And snorted. (laughs) Yes, but now Luke gets to hear a little bit about what his parents did for fun. And what it was like when they were dating. Mm -hmm. The camera shifts to the O'Neill's bathroom as Luke is psyching himself up in the mirror for the night. What should I call you? Mr. Messner? Principal Messner? Ken Messner? Dad? (laughs) Scene 8. The door opens at the Messner's house. Hey, Mr. Messner. Luke, come on in, pal. Go on. So Mr. Messner invites Luke in. Come on in, pal. As Luke is discussing his plans for college after high school and says that it would matter where he goes as... <laughs> Luke is discussing his plans for college after high school and says that it would matter where Kate would go as to where he would go. It'd be nice if we were in the same area. Yeah. And discusses long-distance relationships. At which point, Ken has a look on his face of like, what have I gotten myself into? Yeah, he's kind of wondering how realistic uh, Luke is being here and if he's overstepping his boundaries, if you will. Mm -hmm. His dreams are bigger than he is. Yes. Luke says that the money is... Luke says that his money is on him and Kate. Because she is the cheese to his cherry. He looks up so full of hope, and Ken Messner is confused about the whole cherry cheese comment. I'm sorry, the what? <laughs> and I, I tried to look up what this meant, cheese to his cherry. And I found a really interesting website that talks about how it's ways of flirting with someone that you love, but you just don't say, I love you. You say, you're the sugar in my coffee. Mm-hmm. You're the fudge on my ice cream. So it's... You're it's, the Emmeline to my Kate. <laughs> you're the heterosexual tendency to my messed up dreams. <laughs> <laughs> That's beautiful. <laughs> but as we see Ken with a perplexed look on his face after hearing the cheese and cherry line... Kate begins to walk down the steps. Mm-hmm. 
Just then, all time stops. God, she looks beautiful. As we see Kate's hand gracefully touch the railing as she starts walking down the steps. The lights are glowing off of her, and Luke says, Wow. Yeah. And he is gobsmacked. Mm-hmm. As Luke and Ken look at Kate, she says, What? And just kind of wakes everyone up from their trance that they were in. Mm-hmm. Ken stumbles and finds the words, What a lovely dress. Yes. Kind of wonder if he wonders where it came from. Mm-hmm. Luke says she looks amazing. Kate says, Okay, Dad, you can stop staring now. <laughs> and she kind of pulls her arms around her to hide her body. Yeah. She folds up within herself. Both of them look away, and Kate thanks them. Luke says he doesn't know what he was doing, but he wasn't staring. Yep. <laughs> right. I want to take a moment to point out something extremely important. Go ahead. I need to point out that Ken Messner is indeed wearing a Bob Seger in the Silver Bullet Band t-shirt. Old-time rock and roll, Against the Wind. Do you know any of these songs? Uh, yes, I do. Good. So, in the, in the words of uh, Dylan Barker, Rock on, Mr. M! Mm-hmm. We see the dinner table stacked with Chinese carry-out cartons and milk. Ken apologizes for ordering dinner. He says that Kate will tell you that he is not much of a cook. Luke mentions <laughs> that he loves Chinese food. So, uh, Luke, Ken asks, so how is your mom? Kate shoots her dad a look. Oh, it, it's worse than that. Luke mentions that his mother is coming back from Frankfurt, and Ken says, good, goot. Yeah, at which Kate is like, Dad, what are you doing? Stop. Yeah, Kate's nerd alarm goes off big time here. Mm-hmm. She's uh, freaking out. She doesn't know what's going on with her dad because he's being Ultra Ken Messner. Yep. So the nerd alert goes off. She notices her dad's being a bit strange and eyes him up and down. Mm-hmm. He clears his throat and says, you know, speaking of your mom, eight eyes him up again. He mentions that when he met Luke's mom, that he got the impression that the two of them were very close. Luke says that they are like a team. Ken says, like us, right, sweetie? Yeah. Kate says that her dress is itchy. At which point, if you notice, Luke actually shoots her a look. Mm -hmm. He raises his eyebrows a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Ken Messner presses on and says, is there a uh, third member to this team? At which point, Kate is just like, Dad, okay, really, what are you doing? Kate's nerd alarm goes off even higher for the third time in less than a minute. And then, of course, Luke says nah, to which Ken gets really, really excited. Yeah, and he, like, horns in. He, like, zooms in on this. So, there's no man in her life? At yeah. all? Kate exclaims. Dad, you're being weird. Luke says, it's okay. Guys love my mom. Once more, Kate says, Dad. Dad. And Ken Messner clears his throat and backs off the conversation. Pass the Mushu. Yes. <laughs> Luke stands up holding his milk and makes a toast. He says, To my girlfriend, Kate, and her generous father, Mr. Messner. Here's to what I hope is many more Chinese takeout dinners. Cheers. Yeah, we love Luke. We do. I could never have milk with Chinese. I just couldn't do it. Uh, me neither. I thought that was a little weird in the scene, but you know what? I won't judge. No judgments. Enjoy your milk. <laughs> Ken Messner gets a smile on his face and he says, You know what, Kate? I think your guy is pretty cool. And then he goes on to embarrass her. Yeah. He says, I'm about to embarrass you as Kate's hands run up to her furrowed brow. And she's like, oh no. Ken Messner says after Kate quit band, there was a dark period and that he thinks that a little boy-girl compassion and companionship is a good thing for you at this stage in your life. As human beings, we crave companionships. Hold on. He, he, he's, during this next line, Ken Messner sounds like he's doing William Shatner. He goes, as human beings, we crave companionship. <laughs> <laughs> and we can see Sherry O'Neill flashing through his thoughts. And he stops and reflects on love and life. Yeah. Luke... Noticing the silence, says, So, you were in a band. Kate says briefly, and Ken says she is being modest. Mm-hmm. 
Luke says, can you play me something? And Kate says, no. Please? She says, what don't you understand about no? Come on, pretty please? Again, Luke, not reading the room, he just keeps pressing. Of course. Kate says that the piano is out of tune, and Luke and Ken insist, hey, it's just us here. Kate sighs and gives in and says that they are being annoying, but one song and then never again. I wonder if that was actually Peyton playing the piano. I don't know. I'd like to ask her. Come on our show, Peyton. We'd love to talk to you. Yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah, that'd be great. Ken Messner asks, are you going to play your mom's song? And the two of them share a moment that is so full, full with silence. It's all done with silence. Masterful acting here. Yes. Kate asks if it is okay. He assures her that it is and shakes his head yes as his eyes look down. Mm-hmm. Kate's, hand fi- Kate's hands find the keys and she starts to play. But before she gets too far, she spins around and says, No laughing! The guys now know that they are on notice. Kate touches the piano once again and starts to sing and play Rocket Man. Yes. Mom's song. The music and her voice fill the space between them all, and the camera dials in on Ken Messner. I really love the photography here. The cinematography? Me too. Yes. We see all the hurt and longing in Ken's face as Kate continues to play. And we see Luke just enamored. Yes, his mouth is open, his jaw dropped. Yeah. He's taking everything in. Well, it's surreal, right? Mm-hmm. This angel is now even more wonderful because she's singing. It's like, I have a girlfriend who's pretty and she can sing like an angel. Mm-hmm. As Kate sings the lyrics, I miss my wife, the camera pulls in on Ken Messner, who is so full of feels, it's lonely out in space. The camera then goes back to Kate and then back to Ken. He cannot stand it any longer and leaves the dining room. As Kate continues on with the song, we see Ken Messner dialing the phone to call Sherry's answering machine once again, hoping that the joy of her voice will take away his pain. And then, to his surprise, she actually answers. Yes. We see her struggling to get in the door as the phone is ringing. She picks up the phone, and Ken is stunned in silence that she was actually there when he needed to hear her. He says, Hi. Hello. I I thought you were in Frankfurt. She says, Who is this? As Ken Messner speaks quietly, I'm sorry, I didn't think you'd be home. Ken, hey, I'm home. I got an early flight. Yeah. He mentions to Sherry that Luke is over for dinner in case she was worried. Oh, great. Um, if Luke is over there and you thought I wasn't home, why are you calling? And you see him take the phone cord and he's kind of wrapping it up in his hand a little bit, right? Yeah. And he says, you know... I had the best time with you the other night. It was it was really fun. And I should have said this then. I like you, Sherry. And I would really love to see you again very soon. Do, 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 do. Yes. Sherry smiles on the other end of the phone and says, When were you thinking? At this point, Ken knows she's going to say yes. So he does that thing that people do with their Power arms. Fist. like Yes. Yes! Where you like pull your arm. Yeah. Yes! The camera shifts back to Kate and Luke as Kate continues to play. She is finishing the songs. The camera zooms in on her face as tears fill her eyes as her voice cracks. Kate is finishing the song, and the camera goes from her to Luke, who can only whisper, Banana Slug, as the logo fills the screen. Uh Uh-oh, Luke's done it. Yes, he has. He has fallen in love. This is the code word. Whoo boy. So we see in this episode, we we see a lot happening. We see Ken taking a chance and it paid off. It definitely did. And it's great to see this dance between the two of them, Sherry O'Neill and Ken Messner. Yeah. And Luke is in way over his head. He is literally drowning in Kate. Mm Mm-hmm. And he doesn't understand that Kate's drowning within herself, right? Yeah. The thing I love about this show is that it treats its people as real people. And yeah, there's the fun moments and the exaggerated moments, but there's a lot of depth going on. That scene between Kate and Ken Messner was so amazingly played as she approaches the piano the fact that she had to ask for permission to play mom's song 
Mm-hmm. You wonder if he ever asked her not to play that at some point. He probably did. Or maybe she just noticed that whenever she did, he would just break down and sob. Yeah. So it gives you a sense that the, the filmmakers were able to give you a sense of history without having to show it. And mm-hmm. I wish more shows would learn from this. But uh, just excellent stuff all the way around. The writing is brilliant. Well, we're going to rate this episode, but before we do, today our show is sponsored by Immaculate Max Skin Cream. Do you suffer from eczema, psoriasis, or just itchy, flaky skin? Then stop what you're doing and listen to this! Make your scaly epidermis thing in the past with the new FDA-approved Immaculate Max Skin Cream. Say goodbye to long sleeves and hello, sunshine! In all my years as a skincare specialist, I've never been impressed by a product this cheap. It's a miracle cream. It's an honest-to-God miracle cream. Yes, thank you for sponsoring our ratings this episode, Tyler. So, very good. So, how many corn dogs would you give this episode? Five out of five. Five out of five. Well... Darn it, guess what I'm going to give it? A Hmm. five out of five. If I only saw this last scene, it would be a full episode to me. There's so much that happens in it, so much that is wonderful. And congratulations to Patch and Kate. And Luke is no slouch. And Jahi, yeah. Yeah. By no means am I dismissing him. But this was their episode. This was their moment. And it was such a great moment. I I love all three of them. Mm-hmm. And just like the rest of this show, this scene has so many layers. Yeah. So many layers. Agreed. Just fantastic. So five out of five corn dogs. Let us know what you think. How many corn dogs should this episode of Everything Sucks episode five? What the hell's is our agenda? We usually play a song during this episode, and I th- I'd like to play the original version, Elton John. And then later in the episode, I'm going to pull some audio from the actual TV show, and we'll get to hear Peyton sing Rocket Man as we play ourselves out. Note that this was the first uh, song that is not from the 90s that we've had played on the show that I know of. Mm-hmm. Interesting, huh? Yes. So... You want to do your DJ voice and announce Elton John's Rocket Man? And now, let's play Rocket Man by Elton John. We'll be back with listener feedback right after this song. She packed my bags last night, pre-flight. Zero hour, 9 a.m. And I'm gonna be high as a kite by then. I miss the earth so much. I miss my wife. It's lonely out in space on such a time. Timeless flight And I think it's gonna be a long, long time The touchdown brings me round again to find I'm not the man they think I am at home Kids. 
fact it's cold as hell And there's no one there to raise them If you did And all the science I don't understand It's just my job This is Claudine Mboligik-Pelani-Nako. I play Sherry O'Neill on Everything Sucks, and you are listening to Pop. Well, let's let's get online. Let's let's dial this up. And can I kick this one off? Go ahead. From Shanti Kashavi at Shoe2Steph, she said, Hey there, my Everything Sucks TV family, the best family in the world, I might add. I just got confirmation that 2000... Three-inch to five-inch pine cones were delivered to Netflix headquarters. Attention, Reed Hastings. From the campaign to renew, everything sucks. So that's yes. pretty cool that that happened. <laughs> mm-hmm. They raised a lot of money for that. Yeah, they did. And so far, there's been what? Ring pops. Yeah. Ring, were, ring pops were the first thing, and then they sent over the pine cones. Yeah. So this is pretty cool. This is pretty yeah. cool. Next, we'll have to send them Charmin. <laughs> we should. I'll bring it up. I'll bring it up to the group. Yeah, there you go. Two ply, always two ply. What are we animals, right? Yeah. So, what do you have as far as what's going on in the Twitterverse? All right, we have a tweet from at Megan wrote this. They say, "Gah! I just started watching Everything Sucks without realizing it had been canceled." Of course I've gone and fallen in love with it. It's so sweet, and I relate to Kate Messner on such a deep level. At Everything Sucks TV, at Netflix, it's probably too late, but hashtag renew everything sucks. It's not too late. I mean, you take a look at some shows that came back, God, uh, Arrested Development came back several times. Brooklyn Nine-Nine came back literally the night it got canceled. Uh Uh-huh. Family Guy was canceled and was brought back. So it I just shows you. Oh, yeah. So it just shows you that anything is possible. There's still time. Anything can happen. And Netflix, <laughs> please, please bring the show back. We love you. We're paying for you. We are your customers. Yes. And I've still not gotten an email back, by the way. I sent them, their public relation people, an email, and I haven't heard anything back yet. So it's kind of sad. Yeah. My next tweet is from at Lee Debugs, or Lay, I don't know, L-E-I-G-H. 
She says, decided to jump on the Everything Sucks train knowing that it's been canceled. Yep, definitely team. Hashtag renew. Everything sucks. What were you thinking, Netflix? Such good characters. So much potential. Mm-hmm. It's all there, Netflix. Wake up. Got a really interesting, cool thing that happened. There's something that came up on our Twitter page from Pre-Sweetie Loves Sydney Sweeney. Try saying that three times. You can find them at at City Kemaline. Mm-hmm. I know that account very well. Very good. Well, they, they tweeted to Pop Staff Tweets and asked us a favor if we could retweet it. It was a great drawing that she had done of Sydney Sweeney as Emmeline. It was very cool. And Sydney Sweeney herself liked it. So that's pretty cool. Making dreams come true with Pop Staff Tweets. How cool is that? Yep. At City Kemaline writes, Sydney, I made this drawing for you, which represents that you are a warrior and that you will always have the people who really love you by your side always. I thought that was really cool. She said that she loves her. So that, that is pretty cool. Yeah. I think it's neat. Someone asked if we could help get the people in the cast to wish her a happy birthday. So we retweeted it and they did. It's pretty neat. It's great to yeah. be part of this fandom. It's very cool. Yep. This one is from at Collision Course, uh, Collision and then C-0-R-S-E. And they say, don't leave a story hanging, Netflix. We need to see what happens next. So hashtag renew everything sucks and give them a second chance. We need season two. You got one final bit of feedback from the Twitterverse? Peyton Kennedy shared an article that was written by a writer at TV Guide. The original tweet said that Netflix cornered the market on coming-of-age programs like 13 Reasons Why. Peyton posted a quote from the article that says, Netflix is giving voice to today's youth at a time when young adults are proving to be more powerful than ever before and providing a diverse array of blueprints that show them what happens when they harness that energy and drive. Hashtag renew everything sucks. Hopefully that'll happen soon. Fingers crossed. Don't stop tweeting. Don't give up. Where can folks find us on the socials? You can find me at P. Kennedy Updates, or if you want to follow me personally, it's at They Tweets Things. And then you can find us also at Pop Staff Tweets. Very good. Do not give up. Please continue to hashtag renew everything sucks at Netflix at Reed Hastings. So yes. keep it up. Keep it up. We all keep rowing together, folks. Let's make this happen. Mm-hmm. All righty. Well, we will see you on the next episode of the unofficial Everything Sucks podcast. And we will discuss episode six. Sometimes I hear my voice. Mm-hmm. To play us out, let's listen to Kate's rendition of Rocket Man. See you on the next episode. Bye. Banana slug.
slug. And that's our show. Our podcast is an online nonprofit audio fanzine made for fans of the Netflix original series Everything Sucks by fans of the Netflix original series Everything Sucks. Any samples of music or TV heard here remain the property of their owners. Our show is not affiliated with Netflix or Everything Sucks, and opinions heard here belong to the people who express them and may not reflect the views of our staff. If you like something you heard, buy it or subscribe to it today. If you enjoy the show, like us on Facebook or Twitter and rate us on iTunes. Thanks for listening. And until next time, I'm your announcer, Christine Wolf, saying, remember, hashtag renew everything sucks. Hashtag save banana slug. Hello. All right, let's try this again. (laughs) What the hell's a Zardinia? Is that how you say it? Have I been saying it wrong this whole time? At which point the at which point (laughs) (laughs) poopers? At which point the I can't say sheen scene scene. At which point the scene shifts? See, that was it. Scene shifting. That was at which point the scene shifts. Oh God, I tripped myself up again. At which point? point? At which point the sheet? The- <laughs> sure. Uh, what's his name? The father's Luke's name. father. Yeah. Uh, Darth Vader. Question. Darth Vader. He says that Kate will tell you that he's not much of a kook. A kook. Not much of a kook. I mean, I would argue the opposite. But right, okay. right, right, right. Zarjinda. 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 As a matter of fact, that could be the Zarjinda uh, skin Zarjinda. 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 We got it eventually. Yes. More blooper fuel. Hopefully I'm getting my stuff sorted out. Just a bit, you know. See, whenever I start to stutter, I should just start talking in another voice, you know. Yeah. Hey, man, like, I, you know, Cheech and Chong don't stutter, man. Yeah, man, like, they don't stutter. Where are you? Where are you? Hey, I found you. And Sydney Sweeney herself. Sweeney. <laughs> Sydney Sweeney herself liked it. You're the one that saves me.